This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my diminutive co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. How you doing today, Tone? Good, everybody. I just really wanted to say it really short, and I'm really happy to be here on this Friday. <laughs> no, really, I'm not that short, but <clears throat> I look like a little person uh, when it's down that low. But good morning, everybody. It's Friday. Christian, how the hell you doing, bro? You know, I'm doing good. I am looking outside right now and dreading having to shovel snow. But aside from that, it is the end of the week. It is Friday. I've got a little time on my hands to do said shoveling. Yeah. Do you know what I think is shoveling snow? What do you think? Oh, oh I agree. You, I absolutely With the agree. reverb, too. <laughs> Just, you know, it's strange because, like, I always uh, tell you, oh, it's cold. It's snowing here in Colorado. And we did get snow, but nothing uh, nothing like you guys are getting in northern Nevada. I mean, you guys are just straight getting, like, oh, no snow, no snow, snow. And then it's just like, oh, you want all these months of no snow? Here you go. Oh, you want 10 more inches? There you go. Yeah, in two days it dumped an entire winter's worth of snow on us. And I've done more shoveling in the last two <laughs> days than I've done in the last two years. And it's uh, it's not fun. Uh, but just no, I remember those days of the really, really deep snow that northern Nevada would get as a kid. used to go up to my knees. And granted... I'm not very tall. So. <laughs> so there's like two inches of snow, you know, that's a, that's a lot. So. <laughs> well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. Tony, we know that uh, when you may your, make your way back home to northern Nevada, you go out of your way to uh, get a juicy In-N-Out hamburger because you don't oh, have them in Colorado quite yet. They're almost there. But with that being said, what is the craziest thing you've ever done to get an in and out burger uh back in the day the craziest thing i probably would have done is uh drove to auburn with my friend jenny wink we used to uh one day we we made a trip over the mountains and we drove to auburn to go get an in and out burger and for folks who don't know geographically that's about an hour to an hour and a half drive just to get a burger for a hamburger yeah now, you know, it's kind of equivalent. Now, if I go down to Aurora to go get an In-N-Out burger, that might be the equivalent of Auburn, you know. Right. So that's like a, it's like an hour and a half drive down there, and then you got to wait a couple hours. So, 
you know, I'm not that adventurous to go down to my closest town, but I was adventurous back in the day to go over the Donner Pass and everything to go get a damn burger. Yeah, definitely when it was harder to find. Luckily, you aren't this guy. Police say a man was arrested after he allegedly threatened a person with a hatchet after his girlfriend cut in front of a car in an in-and-out drive-thru. According to a probable cause statement, said that on January 17th, the man was sitting at In-N-Out drive-thru when a woman driving a silver BMW cut in front of him. The man then flashed Uh his headlights to get the woman's attention, but she ignored him. Shortly after, another man got out of a truck, parked nearby, and broke the window of the victim's car and threatened him with a hatchet. After breaking the window, the suspect, identified as Damian Lee Hallett, pointed at the victim with his hand bleeding and told the victim, It will be your blood next and left the area. Whoa. All right? Whoa. A, a, a witness of the crime was able to provide police with the license plate of the truck and were able to locate the unoccupied truck parked nearby. Officers located a bloody hatchet inside the truck and also observed blood on the outside of the driver's door. Police interviewed Hallett a few days after the incident, in which he told police his girlfriend called him that night to tell him that people were yelling at her in the drive-thru. Hallett also told police that he gave the keys to his truck to a man named Bob so that he could take his girlfriend home. A probable cause statement said that Hallett was unable to provide Bob's last name or contact information. Hallett has been charged with two counts of assault and one count of criminal mischief. All for an in-and-out hamburger. Oh man! My name is Jeff. That's freaking nuts. Yeah. I mean, that just shows how quick people can snap. I mean, I don't know why I gave you the extra snap there, but that's nuts for a hamburger, dude. It's a freaking burger, bro. Right. And You're it- gonna get it. It's gonna taste exactly the same as if you get it five minutes later than what you do right now. Exactly. But it- that's I could just picture that. Here's Johnny. You want double double? You want animal style? Ksah! <laughs> oh, you cut my hands! There's blood! There's now ketchup. It's on your car. And it's gonna be yours next. <laughs> uh, Somebody please just like <laughs> buy the guy behind you a burger. Right? You know, right. Avoid that. I, I, that gives a whole new meaning to the level of hangry. That's what exactly what I was just thinking in my head, man. That's crazy. <laughs> well, folks, oh. it is the end of the week. It is a Friday show. We've got a wonderful, super special show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. <laughs> We are looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you guys good news, everyone. Good news! We have a segment called, Now I Feel Old. Our call-in topic today is your worst first date stories. We have a very special guest. Our special guest is Ralph Garman of The Ralph Report. We close out the day with This Day in History, and up next is Tony with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. 
Now, we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you threaten somebody with a hatchet in a drive through line. Well, we want to know about it. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, January 29th, and here's your Filippo Fast Five. <laughs> Fittingly enough, that soundbite is Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sonic the Hedgehog will apparently no longer be voiced by Roger Craig Smith. The actor extended his talents to the character for the past decade. Smith tweeted about his departure from the role on Thursday with a tweet that said, It's been an honor and included a blue fractured heart. Last evening, Sega confirmed his departure. So, Sonic's going to get a new voice. Uh, Chester's, Chester, wow, Chester's? Chester's. Chester Bennington's widow divorced new husband after one year of marriage. Who would have thought that would have worked out well? Right. <laughs> Pamela Anderson quietly married bodyguard Dan Hayhurst on Christmas Eve. And in other news, Pamela Anderson is now divorced. Just kidding. <laughs> she's married. She's divorced. Can you keep up with that? Who's Pamela Anderson? I don't even know. Now Elvis I feel Presley old. Elvis Presley biopic from director Boz Lerman is delayed until 2022. And it looks like Tom Hanks is attached to play the king of rock and roll. Thank you very much. He's actually playing the colonel. Oh. I thought he was playing Elvis. Based no, on that no, 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 no. I was like, yeah, he does everything. He's Woody. He's Elvis. He's an astronaut. He's a castaway. He's Mr. Well, Rogers. Hank, yeah, he's Mr. Rogers. What else is he going to be? The Office is being watched more on the Peacock than it ever was on Netflix. And lastly, the biggest news in football yesterday, Texas quarterback or Tex- Texans quarterback. Wow, words are hard for me today. Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade to be traded. And uh, dear Mr. Watson, I know you don't watch the show, but if there's somebody that knows somebody that has any pool, the Denver Broncos could use a good quarterback. Just saying. Just saying. Give up a lot for that, dude. So anyways, that is your entertainment news. Now let's take a hard turn. AMC Theaters. Just kidding. <laughs> Your face is probably like not another theater question. Just poking the bear. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a story you didn't see coming. All right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, opening in 2021, Jersey Devil will be the world's tallest, longest, fastest single rail roller coaster. Definitely not what you thought. Nope. One theme park visitor in Spain um, lent a lending hand. Catching a stranger's lost cell phone while flying on the ride. Better buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. New Jersey theme park has laid the very last piece of the track for the world's tallest, longest, and fastest single rail roller coaster, beckoning adrenaline junkies to brave the ride later this year. Uh, Six Flags Great Adventure announced that the Jersey Devil Coaster had finally been topped off, completing the coaster, which will soar up to 13 stories across 3,000 feet of track, flying up to 58 miles per hour. Too bad it wasn't 88. I know, right? A, ma- a major milestone on this chilly Monday, the Jackson Township theme park wrote on Facebook, it plans... Oh, okay, so it says, plans for the ride were first announced in August of 2019, uh, scheduled for a summer 2020 opening, but was delayed due to the coronavirus. So they finally were able to put this in. 
Um, Six Flags has yet to announce an opening date for the thrilling and chilling new ride. Coaster fanatics can look forward to the terrifying twists and turns, including a 130-foot ascent, 87-degree drop, two inversions, a 180-degree stall, and zero-gravity roll. Woo! The Hold theme park operator butts. claims that the menacing design and fierce features make the Jersey Devil the tallest, fastest, and longest single rail coaster in the world today. <laughs> Hopeful riders must meet 48-inch height requirements, so if you're a shorty like me, it is going to be barely pushing it. Um, but this thing looks intense, so I'll put it up on our uh, Facebook page during the break, but... Uh, could be a. I, I love coasters, man. If I was in Jersey, I'd definitely give it a shot. However, I don't make it to Jersey if ever. So. Right. And Six Flags. Don't know if I'll ever ride it. Six Flags is known for some great, great roller coasters. You know, we've got Great America over in the uh, Sacramento area, which is the closest one to us. Uh, Elitch Gardens, which is where you're at. I don't even know if that's mm-hmm. still owned by Six Flags, but not uh, anymore. No, we lost it, so they took everything with them. It's just kind of a hokey dokey theme park. It sits in Denver. Yeah, but uh, you don't go for the atmosphere. You definitely go for the roller coasters, which are just so much fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I haven't been to actually even Elitch's. Uh, can't remember last time I was ever there either. Probably it's just down the road. Yeah, probably you and I. Uh, what? <laughs> in Almost that hot box daywoos, me, you, and your brother Alex, uh, that one year, and you guys kept saying, "Doesn't this car have AC?" And I'm like, "No, this Dr Pepper piece of crap doesn't have AC. This car sucks. I know. I'm upside down in it. I get it. <laughs> it was the sweet one though. So <laughs> it was. It was the sweet one. Ooh." <laughs> G4 confirms revival of X-Play Attack of the Show for 2021. The Legends Return. G4 officially confirmed that the shows will be returning um, on a Twitter in a teaser video that features the show's logo, the voice of X-Play host Adam Sessler, and the text, We Heard You, The Legends Return, or The Legends Return Summer 2021, We Never Stop Playing. G4 revealed its intention to return in the middle of 2020 during Comic-Con at that very horrible um, at-home Comic-Con on IGN Live. And since then, WWE's Xavier Woods has joined as a new host. Olivia Munn has been in talks to rejoin as a host. X-Play was a TV show known for video game reviews. It was on from 1988 to 2013. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. I almost would guess 98. I, I, would, I don't recall. I think that's a, a typo. There's no way it was That's got to be, yeah. yeah. There's no way. Not, and I think even 98 would be pushing. I would say 2008, probably. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that definitely can't be right. Because we would have we known about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, we would have been big X-Play fans as kids. But throughout the years, it was hosted by Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, Blay Herder, Jessica Chobot, Lauren Fielder, Kristen Adams, and it doesn't say her name, but Sarah Jean Underwood was a part of it, too, at one time. I was even going to ask if your crush Sarah Jean Underwood would be coming back, but it doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it, but you know what? She does does a lot of, like, photo shoots and stuff, so, yeah, I follow her on Twitter and the Instagram. (laughs) Um, Probably not the best uh, uh, stuff to open at work, so you just, if you follow her, just make sure you don't do it there. Very beautiful girl. Nice! For sure. So, fans of the X-Play and G4, I'm excited for it to come back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like an online channel or anything like that. It doesn't say. I can't imagine 
when you only have Attack of the Show, which was the tech one that was like a geeky pop culture mm-hmm. tech show and X-Play. I could, I bet that's more of a YouTube thing. It's yeah. got to be. Well, I'm thinking it'll be either a digital channel or it'll be bundled into one of the other services. So if you look at like HBO Max, they have stuff from uh, HBO, Cartoon Network, Comedy Central. Actually, that's uh, CBS All Access. But they compile it all together, so it might end up on one of those types of services. Yeah, so I don't know. It doesn't... Because it just can't be like it was. Because G four the channel was actually not very good. It was well, it was the two shows, and then it was constant robot wars, and then all of a sudden it turned into cops and and uh, Friday informed me the original Ninja Warrior, the one in Japan, was aired on there. So. No kidding. Thanks, Friday. It would actually do well for uh, some eats. Eat sports? Wow, that's uh, something completely different. Eat sports. Esports competitions. That would be a, a great thing to put on uh, G4's station, yes. streaming channel, whatever it is going to be. Right. So um, so that's that. And then uh, were you a big fan of the Mighty Ducks growing up? Oh, who wasn't? You know, in our this age range, true. you know, it's you've got the Flying V, you've got the Knuckle Puck. It was just a damn good movie series. What if they came back and they were the bad guys? I heard that might just happen. It is happening, and it's coming March 26th to Disney+. Plus. It's called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Sorry, the ducks are bad this time. Uh, previously announced, Emilio Estevez will return to his role as coach Gordon Bombay for the 10-episode series. Estevez previously starred in all three Mighty Duck movies. The series also stars Lauren Graham as Alex Morrow and Brady Noon as her son Evan. The cast of aspiring hockey stars Maxwell S- Simpkins... Swayam, Bahida, Luke, Islam, Kiefer O'Reilly, Tegan Burns, Bella Higginbottom, and DJ Watts. Don't you know all those people? Oh, DJ totally. Watts is close to JJ Watt. Right. Just with an extra S and a D. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, the trailer shows Bombay is now living a quiet life as the owner of an Ice Palace skate rink until Alex and Evan stumble into his life hoping to form a new hockey team. Having been cut from the current incarnation of the Ducks, which have become an elite but exclusive teams in the years since Bombay's retirement, Evan hopes to prove hockey is a sport for everyone, regardless of ability or resources. In short, it sounds like the Mighty Ducks series is entering its Friday Night Lights Season 4 phase. Once a duck, always a duck. And after 25 years, he's delighted to put on Coach Bombay's jacket and return to the iconic character in a new chapter. I didn't know it was going to be a TV show. I thought it was just like a new movie that they were doing. But. Yeah, I knew it was a series. Uh, it sounds like it's what they're doing with most of their shows, nine episodes, ten episodes long. Uh, any word of Pacey's coming back, Joshua Jackson? <laughs> no, it doesn't say anything like that. Okay. So basically looks like the show will be almost like a a Force Awakens type reboot for the franchise. All right, fair enough. Incorporate. But they would need Pacey. Um, and that's it. The, the last story I was going to share, which we're not going to do, but I just got to tell you the headline of it. You can figure it out. But Nelson Aguilar told the Raider teammates they sucked after a week 16 loss. And then I was going to read about how he went off on the team because I like poking fun at the Raiders when I can. Right. Not that I have much room to speak because the Broncos weren't very good this year. I digress. We don't have G-Man today, so there's not much football chat. But let's roll on to the birthdays. Yeah, it's my birthday. 
You get a car, she gets a car, he gets a car. Television host and producer who was named the most influential woman in the world by Time Magazine and hosted the Oprah Winfrey Show. Oprah is 66. Veteran actor who became known to audiences as Richard Burke, Frank Regan, and probably most notably Magnum P.I., but you probably already knew him once I said Richard Burke. Tom Selleck is 75 and still rocking a stash. She played Felicity Shagwell in the second Austin Powers film and played Roller Girl in Boogie Nights. She also appeared in many movies like Anger Management, The Hangover, Judy Moody in the Not Bummer Summer, and Licensed to Drive with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. That's not on there, but I remember it. She's 50 and still beautiful. Heather Graham. Actress who played Darlene on the Roseanne is also playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, just kidding. She is nominated for an Independent Spirit Award and Best Supporting Actress for a portrayal as Sylvie Cooper in 1992's Poison Ivy. Ooh, I forgot about that movie. Drew Barrymore. Um, Sarah Gilbert or Patrick Mahomes is 45. That's your celebrity birthdays for today, Friday, January 29th. Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, we take you into the weekend on an up note. It is time for good news, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of us on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram or Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo, that's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now it is Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, is sort of counteract all of the bad news that's out there, all the vitriol, all the hatred, and bring you some uplifting stories that we like to call... Good news, everyone! So kicking things off, we'll start with my story. After seven albums and two decades of struggling to make it as a country music artist, Thad Cockrell was ready to start 2021 by finding a new line of work. Then Jimmy Fallon called... Cockrell, 48, held back tears on today, Thursday, as he described the moment his management team got a call for him to perform his song, Swingin', on The Tonight Show, Tuesday, for the type of career break he figured was never going to happen. I was really just trying to be open-handed, and I wrote down on January 3rd of intentions and goals for the new year, things to do, and one of them was to look for a new career. And the next day, I got a phone call from my managers, and they told me I, Cockrell said before getting choked up, it's absolutely incredible. The Nashville-based singer-songwriter performed his hit song virtually with backing from the show's in-house band, The Roots. I'm such a massive fan of theirs, Cockrell said, and they crushed it. And Questlove, is, uh, it was almost like he was saying, hello, that, uh, that beat's good on the record, but here, let me show you. And I was like, oh yeah, of course, that's how that's done. It was such an incredible dream. 
Cockrell released an album that he said flatlined during the pandemic at the same time that his tour was canceled, his concert venue uh, shuttered, not shattered. That led him to the conclusion that maybe it was time to hang up his guitar. Maybe I've done my part here, he said in an Instagram video last week. In 2021, I'm going to start looking for something else. That all changed when Fallon was in a local hardware store and heard swinging over the speakers. He used the app Shazam to determine the name of the song and soon became a favorite. Excuse me. So I'm like, yeah, man, this is like when you got when you want to give up, don't give up. Fallon said on a show, if you're going to go down, you go down swinging, man. So I get into it. It's my anthem. I love this song. It's always hard reading dialogue from people who uh, uh, aren't as eloquent, but uh, I digress. Fallon wanted to bring the song to a national audience. So the show contact Cockrell's management. I proceeded to ball my eyes out for the next hour. Cockrell said in an Instagram video, it came at a crossroads when Cockrell said he was considering starting a business making hot sauce after, uh, uh, after having made it for friends over the years. You can only spend all your money making music so many times go broke making music. It's like, well, that one didn't work out. I'll do it again. That one didn't work out. So I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. Cockrell credited his family and friends for supporting him through all the hard years. And I've got just a selection of uh, the song that he played on Fallon for you guys to listen to. So that is my good news, everyone. Not a bad song. You know, it says he's a country artist, but uh, that was very poppy, less country. Yeah. That, when you said country, I was like, that does not sound country at all. Nope. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, it has a good home for it. But, you know, good for him, though, like to uh, to be able to. Uh, Bluetooth connected. Bluetooth, connected. <laughs> Bluetooth is connected. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it does this thing where it times out because I wanted to say, gotcha. um, but then it came out over there. I digress. But yeah, you know, kudos for him chasing his dream and uh, getting the one chance. Now the hard part is, can you capitalize on that? And that's unfortunately with music where it gets difficult. You can have the hits and you can be big, but it's a tough road, man. <laughs> well, and it goes to show that, you know, keep working at it and your big break can come out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, for Thad Cockrell, and especially if you like that song, go check him out. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, that is good news, everyone. What you got for Friday, us, Tom? Friday also told me or she let me know that most country is pop nowadays, which which is true. That was yeah. super pop. I would never label that country. No, not at all. But I digress, you know. So I joke about in the uh, in the last segment with Deshaun Watson being a free agent, and we, you know, would really love him as a Denver Bronco. Like that would be like the ultimate Christmas wish list. But if you couldn't get him, I think Matt Stafford would be a nice secondary. Agreed. So, yeah. 
but I but I really want Deshaun Watson. Uh, but that's okay. This story is about Matt Stafford in a way, but okay. just not quite what you think. So. Uh, Melissa Bombeck's phone started going off Saturday night. The director of outreach and development for the Acoustic Naroma Association, Bombeck had Twitter notifications set for her organization gets a mention. Usually things are quiet. Then on Saturday night, her phone kept going off. News had broken that Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford had requested a trade and the franchise he had played for the past 12 years was going to seek out a deal to move him. Lions fans wanting to support their all-time franchise leader in every major passing category began to organize on Reddit, Twitter, and Pride of Detroit website to donate $9 apiece to the Acoustic Neuroma Association in honor of Stafford and his wife, Kelly, who was diagnosed with the rare brain tumor in 2019. By the time Bombic could check their donation information, over 100 donations had come in. Bombic immediately texted her boss, and throughout Sunday, they began to watch as more and more people donated $9, sometimes more in honor of the Staffords. As of Tuesday afternoon, more than 1,575 people had donated, raising more than $22,000 for ANA. This kind of awareness is huge for us. It's really huge for us, Bombic said. So just to be able to get the word out there so the doctors are aware of it and can diagnose it correctly and we don't have misdiagnosis and also so patients are aware of it. Even so far as Kelly has talked about sort of things she's dealt with following her surgery because there are sometimes things that become chronic conditions and go on following surgery that become sort of life-changing issues for people moving forward. Most patients lose some hearing. Some patients lose all hearing in one ear. So that becomes something they have to deal with moving forward. So having that sort of awareness is huge. Bombic said money donated to the ANA goes to develop educational support and informational programs about acoustic... N- n- God, that word's hard for me. Neuroramas. Neuroramas. I can't say that word. <laughs> I'm so, I apologize. I'm not articulate in some words, and that's not one of them, unfortunately. Kelly Stafford had dizziness in January 2019 and was diagnosed later that winter with the acoustic uh, neuroma. She had surgery April 17, 2019 and then had a long recovery that she wrote about for ESPN in October 2019. At the time, she thanked the people of Michigan for showing up for her at one of her lowest points. I'll say this. Detroit and Michigan really showed up. The Lions were incredible, Kelly Stafford wrote in 2019. They told Matthew to take all the time and space he needed. And then there were the fans. The amounts of letters that poured into the facility, so many prayers, a lot of holy water. It was remarkable. Matthew joked that our house looked like a bootleg flower shop. Kelly Stafford said the entire experience endured endeared her to the city and the state more than ever, something she reiterated on Instagram post Monday, addressing that her and Matthew's potential departure. And now, as she and her husband likely prepare to leave Detroit, they are doing so again by donating to the charity Matthew Stafford has touted on his cleats the past two seasons during My Cause, My Cleats campaign. We are grateful, so grateful to Matthew Stafford and to Kelly Stafford, especially for her willingness to be open and honest about her journey, her recovery, and how she's done with it. 
she's not really a spokes she's been not really a spokesperson necessarily but somebody who's done a lot for the acoustic neuroma community which we call acoustic neuroma warriors and with matthew's support and his support of her and his family even the detroit lions support the message has gone far and wide and that is my good news for today yeah that's awesome when a little known disease can get a big following raise some money to uh really sort of raise awareness um you know it's not something that can necessarily be prevented but it can be addressed so uh, i'd certainly say that that qualifies as good news everyone well folks that does it for our friday segment of good news everyone when we come back we have our segment called now i feel old and you will feel old trust me don't go anywhere we'll be right back Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. Now we're in the final segment of the first hour, but don't fret, there is still plenty ahead with our call-in topic of Worst First Dates and our special interview with guest Ralph. It's the worst. (laughs) A special interview with our guest, Ralph Garman of The Ralph Report. So uh, plenty ahead. But if you did miss a portion of the show or you want to catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart. I was almost going to go into the last one, but uh, we're not quite there. Geezer, gozer, are you a god? Exactly. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because, well, sharing is caring. Now, speaking of sharing, I came to the realization that we are in the year 2021, which means people born in the year 2000 are now turning old enough to drink alcohol. Now that's the year Tony and I graduated high school. We grew up kids of the 80s. And uh, it's crazy to think that uh, there are certain things of our past that uh, kids these days, Generation Z, if you will, just don't understand. So wanted to run down some of those and uh, wax nostalgic with you folks for a little bit. For instance, this first one, it's a, uh, obviously a Um, Oh, what do you call it? A a stock photo of an old woman in a walker being helped by a a young kid. And there's a little bubble next to the old woman that says, Netflix used to become in the mail. To which uh, the bubble next to the kid says, sure, Grandma, let's get you to bed. (laughs) Netflix Uh, did used to come in the mail. It wasn't always a streaming service. Somebody put me back in the fridge. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things, too. Like, man, that's really... That is early 2000s. Like, I thought it was going to be more of like, back in my day, I used to go to the Blockbuster Video and I would rent me a movie. There was this thing called VHS. Oh, we're getting there. Cassette tape. We are getting there. I'd imagine. All right. Let's move on to uh, the next one that uh, will make you feel a little old. Hold on to your butts. This from Twitter user Sarah, excuse me, Sarah J. Jackson. One of my students really wrote a sentence that begins, 
in the late 1900s. I had to reread it three times to realize what the heck was going on. My feelings are hurt. Yeah, you know, 1980, 1990, that's the late 1900s. And that's the way it's going to be referred to now. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, that's hard I to never, swallow. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. That, that does make you feel old. <laughs> Let's move on. Hold on to your butts. This from Twitter user Olivia Hoffer. Tony, if I say 40 years ago, what year comes to mind just off the top of your head? 1990. Okay. All right. Um, for a just lot of- kidding. Just kidding. It's 1980. Wow, see? My brain's not really working, apparently, because, uh, yeah, it's 1980. <laughs> well, for most of us, you know, you think 40 years ago, you think, oh, you know, it's like 1960, 1970. No, 40 years ago was 1980. <sighs> God, I feel old now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm already going senile. Apparently, I can't even do simple math in my head, so. Yeah, it's all right. It's a Friday. Let's move on. Hold on to your butts. This from Twitter user Madeira Wigutu. It's a picture of an old Zenith television, you know, the old tube televisions with the crank dial, not even a remote. Captioned, I asked my sister's daughter what this is, and she said, it's a microwave. It's not a microwave. It's how we used to watch TV. We used to actually get up off of our asses to change the channel to one of 13 stations. Oh, yeah, that old knob thing. Yep. Ooh, what's that scramble stuff going on in there? <laughs> Let's move on. Hold on to your butts. Butts! User James Tack says, at the supermarket, cashier says, may I see some ID for the beer? I say, sure. Holds up the license, cashier. Okay, you're cool. I see the one. Me, the one. Cashier says, yeah, the one uh, at the beginning of your birth year. Me, oh my God. Cashier, happy new year. Goes back to what we were saying. Yeah, if there's a one in your year, well, you're definitely old enough to drink now. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, uh, let's move on with now I feel old. Hold on to your butts. Twitter user Cody Rodriguez says, Remember when you had to watch Titanic on two VHS tapes? And I know, Tony, you've got some experience with that movie in particular. Yeah, man. The VHS tape. The infamous Andrew Nixon stealing from Mr. Reinhardt. <laughs> the two tape, and in the middle, you still had to get up. Oh, Pop the second that was the one worst in part. And... It's like, at the end of the tape, it's like, please insert tape two. No. <laughs> oh, let's keep moving on with now I feel old. Hold on to your butts. This from a user called Just Shower Thoughts says, there was a time not so long ago when we had to physically mail our funny videos to a television show and hope they chose to share it with viewers. Now we've got things like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, where you can just upload those videos and it's instantaneous. You didn't have to pay shipping and handling, and you didn't have to keep your fingers crossed that uh, Bob Saget would choose your video. Oh, yeah. Remember, they, they were like, got a funny video? Send it in. For only twenty nine ninety nine in shipping, we may, we may area. We own the rights to your stuff. Right. <laughs> and the funny thing was, it was, you know, a combination of either people getting hurt or cute kids and for whatever reason the cute kids were always the winner of america's funniest home videos they weren't necessarily the funniest video but they were the cutest the cutest ones yeah and nut shots nut shots always made the final oh definitely especially who doesn't like watch other people getting hit in the nuts it's funny (laughs) it's not funny when it happens to you if you're a guy but it's 
funny. <laughs> Let's move on. Hold on to your butts. Twitter user Aiden EJK posts a picture of a VHS tape of Legends of the Fall. Quoted, my nine-year-old sister just asked me what this is. She was shocked when I told her this is how we used to watch movies. You know, I, I even kids these days, the idea of a DVD, not a Blu-ray, but a DVD is mind-blowing to them. Yeah. Oof. I still feel like it was just like yesterday I worked at the video store. I don't feel like it's been, you know, um, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because um, that's about what that was. So, uh, f- fun fact: Friday was on America's Funniest People. I gotta see. I gotta hear more about this off air. Interesting. Friday. All right. All right. Just text me. I want to hear that story. <laughs> Let's keep rolling with. Now I feel old. Hold on to your butts. JB Knockout. Uh, before I get into this one, you remember appointment television, Tony? Before DVR, before streaming on demand, shows were live, and if you missed it, you missed it. Oh, yeah. Back uh, when I was a little chunky monkey and I had to be home on Monday night to figure out, am I watching WCW Nitro or WWF Monday Night Raw? They only had that window. (laughs) Time to watch Geeky Wrestling. Well, JB Knockout says, I feel sorry for Netflix-era kids. They will never know the high-stakes adrenaline of running to the bathroom, fridge, bedroom in a single ad break with the beckoning call of a sibling, sibling screaming, it's on, to send you hurling over furniture to get back in time. And, of course, the comments on this are hilarious. Somebody replies, couldn't you just pause it? To which somebody goes back and says, oh, my sweet summer child. No, you couldn't just pause it. That's, no. That was live television. Does your list cover video games at all? Um, not that I've seen yet. Okay, so then I can bring this up because I don't want to spoil anything. But that was the same way with Nintendo, man. Kids won't ever understand. You don't. You couldn't just save a game. You couldn't just pick up, play, and then resume. You know, like the Switch does. You can get right back where you left off. Oh man, Nintendo, you had to pray no one bounced around that damn thing. Oh, if it was blinking that light, you were effed. Yep, you stepped just a little too hard, and you get that blinking blue screen. Yep. It was over. And you're screwed. Yeah, or if it froze, you're like, no! <laughs> oh, many controllers chucked, man. Oh, many definitely. controllers were thrown. Moving on. Hold on to your butts. Twitter user Daryl Adams told a group of teens that when I was their age, we had to pay 10 cents per text message, and now they think I'm a liar. Yeah, it used to cost money. <laughs> Dude, I'd never say any text messages because it did. It cost money. It was a pain in the ass right, anyways. Right, and you had to do like... Two 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 five five seven three three three. Oh yeah, oh. dude. Th- when I first started with Costco, back in when I started at Costco, uh, there was this kid, man. His name was Eric, and he would literally put his hand in his pocket and he'd sit there and text all day. He's just like, "What are you doing?" But he knew the the keyboard so well. He just all day. That's how he would talk. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's nuts. very cool. It's nuts. All right, and finally, in now I feel old. Hold on to your butts. This from Twitter user Fernando Torcelli says, uh, I gave my old iPod to my son. Daddy, I don't like it because it doesn't work. And there's a video that shows him trying to tap on the screen of an old school iPod, not using the spin wheel. I still use one. I still have one. It's on my alarm clock. Well, folks, that does it for the first hour of the show. We're headed into our long break, so enjoy the news, take a potty break, grab some tea, and join us in about seven minutes when we come back with our calling topic and special guest interview with Ralph Garman. Don't go anywhere. Seven. 
I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Welcome back, folks, to the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th, where your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, who uh, I was a little afraid uh, was, you know, in the middle of a phone conversation right before we started. But uh, you know what? He swooped in right at the last second again. Yep. Kept that in. Knew when the queue was going to hit. Um, had to talk to a friend about something. And, uh, you know, that's what how I spent my break and making a new fresh batch of tea. And, uh, yeah. Get a little... I was aware. I'm yeah. always prepared, man. Not right always, but... This week I've been pretty good about being prepared. So. Get that little boost of caffeine here in the morning. Mm. Well, folks, this yes. is the interactive portion of the show, and this is the only segment for the interactive portion of the show today because in next segment we've got our special interview with guest Ralph Garman. But today's interactive topic is the worst first date stories. So if you want to chime in with your worst first date story, head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Again, that's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. Click into the live video and comment in there. So before we get to you guys, Tony, what is your worst first date story? Oh, man. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind, I've been on a lot of first dates, and uh, I know this is a shorter segment today, so I'll stick with just the, the worst one I've just ever had. Just the facts, Jack. Yeah, <clears throat> just the facts. I went on a date with a cop. She was a, and which was awesome. It was someone that wasn't Costco or something related to that. So uh, we went on a date. Uh, she used to work for Costco, but then I kind of bashed like who I worked for at the time. And turns out like they were a family friend. So that kind of sent things weird. We went to church. It was fun. And then after church, we went to the yard house. Now, this is where it becomes a bad date. Like it was a little awkward because. I, I spoke highly of a GM I had versus the GM we currently had, and she was a fan of the current GM versus the former GM, and so you're at different odds, kind of like politics. And uh, so we get to the yard house, and uh, she lets loose, you know. It's a date. You know, I asked her out. She went out. You know, she ordered a drink, ordered another drink, ordered the most expensive thing off the menu. Loose the lips. The whole nine, and that's okay. It's a date. I anticipated, but I was like, damn, like, she's going ham on these drinks. Like, on the inside, I was like, ooh, she's like, this girl's taking me to the cleaner, man. So then, when the check came, she went to the bathroom. She never came back. No. Like, yeah, she hid out, man. No, check this out. She couldn't leave. I was her ride. But she hid. She hid the entire time until I paid the bill, which was fine, I was going to pay the bill anyways because I'm a gentleman. You're on a date. I got it. I'm not going to make you pay, although I should have because 
Mine was like 15 bucks. Hers was like 75 bucks. It was over a $100 bill. She hid in the bathroom until I paid. She did not come out the entire time. And then when the bill was paid, she came back and was like, oh, did, oh, you already paid? Oh, thanks. And I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, she was rude to the waitress, so that <laughs> made it awkward. It was bad. It was so bad. And then I drove her home, and I wasn't anticipating a kiss, a hug, nothing. It was just like, when we got to the house, she's like, okay, it's good to catch up. Bye. And left. That was it. She just bailed out of the car. It was the absolute worst effing date to this day I've ever had in my life. It was bad. I've really shrunk a lot of the details of that because this is a short segment, but... So you were her Never. meal. You were her meal ticket, and needless to say, the night didn't end up in handcuffs. Oh nope, not not even close. And then what's funny is about a uh, two weeks later, she showed up on Tinder, and my buddy Lee, uh, he was on there, and he goes, "Hey, wasn't that the the girl you went on a date with?" And I'm like, "Swipe left." He goes, "I'm gonna swipe right just for fun." And then sure enough, they matched, and I was like, "Don't go on the date, bro." And he goes, "No, no." I'll go on a date, but only I'll do in reverse what she did to you. Although they never met up for a date, but it was really cool of Lee to do that. So, bro, if you're listening, thanks, man. There you go. I'll keep mine really short. Uh, basically, the first date with my ex-wife, we went out to an outdoor uh, restaurant. I, I think it was called Hurricanes in Huntington Hurricanes! Beach. Hurricanes! We're sitting there, and a bird had full-on diarrhea all down her back. And, of course, uh, had to drive her home and had to make sure that she leaned forward because didn't want her uh, back going against uh, my new leather seat. So uh, not so much a bad date for me, definitely more so for her. But, uh, you know, we, we were married for 10 years, so it uh, couldn't have been all that bad. No, and you had two awesome boys out of the deal. So the, the bird crap on her back didn't scare you away. Exactly. From- from from tapping that now tony uh, has anybody chimed in on your end i got that yeah yes yeah <laughs> worst first yeah, date we got, got we got about I, a minute got, so we gotta I, keep I got it one minute snappy. to bust them all out okay one friend the winkster um had a date she wasn't interested uh in the guy so he wrote a slur in permanent marker on her car he was crazy wow so they broke up and he wrote slut on her car and i'll save that other one for another time and then uh, the other friend I had is, uh, oh, I got to bring her thing up, is my friend Jamie. Uh, I feel rushed, so I really. Hurry, I really, come on, do so it I can't, now. I can't Go. really get it. I can't bring Hurry. it up. Hurry, come on. Um, she said, uh, <laughs> it's too long. I, I can't share it, dude. I can't do it under rush pressure. I'm sorry. Jamie, thanks for sharing it. We'll share it another time. Maybe I'll call it in on the Phoenix line. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll share what I have. On a Phoenix line, we'll air it on another show because you can't jam all these stories in ten in twenty seconds. It just doesn't work. Yeah, go go figure. Our biggest interaction so far is one where we've got a shortened segment, but yeah. that's the way it goes. Maybe we'll re- revisit it down the line. <clears throat> well, folks, that that's does it call. for the interactive portion of our show. When we come back, we have our interview with our very special guest, Ralph Garment of the Ralph Report. You won't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. Now, we just wrapped up the interactive portion of the show, which usually goes into this segment, but we've got a wonderful interview coming up. With that being said, we do like to get your input at least 24 hours in advance on our next call-in topic of the day. So I'm going to go ahead and give you Monday's topic, which is a fun one. It is the greatest cereal prizes or toys ever. Back in the day, we were just waxing nostalgic. You know, you used to get a box of cereal and it came with kind of a badass toy or there were things that uh, they were doing then that they don't necessarily do now. And we want to hear from you on what you feel is the best cereal prize ever. Now, the number to call to do that is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, I had the honor and the privilege of interviewing uh, a radio personality, voiceover artist, uh, actor, somebody that I've followed for quite some time. His name is Ralph Garman, and he hosts a Patreon podcast called The Ralph Report. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and play my interview with Mr. Ralph Garman. Folks, please help me welcome our special guest, a multifaceted man of many voices. He's a voiceover artist. He's an actor. He's an impressionist, a radio personality, and as he likes to put it, your podcast pal, Mr. Ralph Garman. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. It, it, the, the huge studio audience is welcoming yes, you with please, uh, sit. open arms. So, <laughs> But, uh, Ralph, I want to uh, thank you again for jumping on and uh, you know, letting me interview you. I, I'm sure you're used to being on the other side of the coin where you're the host, you're the one asking the questions. Now we're turning the tables a little bit on you. Yeah, this is, this is easy. This is much easier than what you do. So uh, <laughs> I'm always pleased to be able to sit on the other side and uh, answer questions instead of ask them. That's fantastic. Well, let's do this. If you'll indulge me for just a couple minutes, wanted to give listeners and watchers uh, some insight into my Ralph Garman journey, how I became familiar with you, and uh, kind of where you're at right now. So back in 2001, I moved down to Southern California for film school, and I had some buddies who turned me on to this uh, little radio show called Kevin and Bean. And by little, I mean gargantuan. It's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, probably one of the top radio shows in the country at the time, right? Yeah, at the time, we were uh, number one in what then became the largest radio market in the country. It was New York and L.A. always back and forth. And then when we were number one, L.A. actually had a bigger listenership. So, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Number one uh, show in the nation. And then your role on the show, you were the... You were the funny guy. You were the impressionist. Uh, one of my favorite bits was, you know, they they would call an expert on whatever the topic was, and it was usually you on the other line, and you know, it's usually played out in some hilarious manner. And uh, <laughs> not always. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it failed miserably, but yes, you know, yes, it did. That's live radio for you. But uh, it was always fun, nonetheless. And it was one of those shows that wasn't overproduced. You know, you guys wore your. Uh, missteps with a badge of honor almost we were very proud of how sloppy and amateur we were uh, regularly yeah because we came on in a time when 
you know, our major competition was Rick Dees and guys like that who were very slick and Ryan Seacrest. The guys were very slick and polished and everything was just produced to within an inch of its life. And that was never the kind of show we wanted to do. We wanted to keep it loose and sloppy and fun and organic. And people really responded to that because it was different than what the standard radio morning show was sounding like at the time anyway exactly uh you know they were often confused with mark and brian but a very different show very. Um, and always entertaining you guys would adjust it a little bit from time to time but uh, for the most part you know you always sort of knew what to expect which was a lot of fun and then you started podcasting with uh, Kevin Smith, who people know as the director of Clerks, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, I mean, you name it. And uh, you started a little podcast called Hollywood Babylon, which is really your baby. Kevin Smith's sort of your co-host. And uh, I've had the privilege of seeing you guys a number of times at the different improvs down there in Southern California. And again, that's always a good time talking about something I love, geeky, nerdy, fun culture. Yeah, it, that came out of the radio as well, because one of my recurring segments on the morning show when I was doing radio was I would do a hourly break on the entertainment news, my spin on the entertainment news, which was almost always snarky and, and you know, taking the piss out of people and right. my shots. And whenever Kevin would come in to promote something, if he had a new movie coming out or a comic or whatever he was uh, Hawking at the time, I always would ask him to stick around and he would join in with me and we just immediately sort of established this rapport back and forth and uh, we both are pop culture gluttons, we can't get enough of it and we've got strong opinions one way or the other so it really clicked that that combination of him and me talking about that stuff so we wanted to move it to the next level Initially, we tried to make it a radio show, and the station that I was on at the time, K-Rock, was not interested. So we put it on the back burner, and then once the podcast thing started to happen for Kevin, he said, let's do that thing that we were going to do instead of a radio show. We can do it as a podcast. And then I had the idea of doing it in front of a live audience. So we've been doing it for over a decade now, and until the pandemic, it was always done in front of a live audience as a live show that we would record and then post as a podcast afterwards. Yeah, and it always adds that extra element, uh, you know, it just sort of ups the laugh factor when you've got a live audience there that, uh, you know, you can feed off of and, uh, you know, always a good time. Now, uh, when did you, for lack of a better term, when were you unceremoniously fired from K-Rock? That's the perfect term, actually, Christian. Uh, that was the end of November, it was November 2017, it was when I got my walking papers. They in informed me, we had new, new ownership, the station had been sold, and the new owners came in and they said, yeah, you know your contract that we were negotiating for the next three years? Yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to do that, we're going to let you slide. And uh, I got two weeks notice before my final day, and that was the end of my radio career after 18 years with the same station. So it was unceremonious, and it was shocking, and it really knocked me for a loop. Oh, I'm sure. And in a happenstance turn of events, happened to Kevin and Bean as well. Well, you know, Bean left about a year prior, but uh, Kevin and the crew, Jensen and Allie, you know, they were let go in uh, March of this last year, 2020, uh, very much in the same way. Yeah. With little warning. Yeah. And uh, at that point, for me, there was sort of a hole in my morning listening routine. There was nothing there. Uh, and as a result, I started this show. 
as sort of an homage to Kevin and Bean. You know, we tout ourselves as your daily dose of laughs and levity because we don't like talking about politics. We don't like talking about religion. We're trying to be the show that takes people's minds off of what's crazy out there in the world. And so started this show, was really enjoying it, but was still missing that, uh, you know, that, that talk show morning routine as well. Until the point that I came across the Ralph Report on Patreon. Oh, and, yes. uh, you know, a, a great show. I wasn't familiar with Patreon prior to that. Uh, it's, a, it's a great platform. But I quickly realized in putting my show together that uh, it's uh, highly derivative of your show. So we have an entertainment <laughs> segment. Um, looking for daily segments, I figured, okay, you know what would be great is this day in history. Let's go ahead and do a this day in history. Sure enough, I started listening to you guys and, well, you've got a This Day in History segment as well, which, yeah. uh, it, as far as I know, you're phasing out a little bit. You're, uh, you know, more on the hello death side of things, just so you're not repeating yourself. But, uh, you know, I found a lot of similarities between what we're trying to produce here to what your show is. And uh, it's fun because there's times in a morning where I will have just done my show start listening to your show and all of a sudden you're talking about something that we just talked about. And uh, I enjoy it every morning, every day. And uh, you know, you've got a wonderful co-host in Eddie Pence, who's a stand-up comedian. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him and uh, Steve Ashton while you're at it as well? Yeah, when I got let go from the radio, I didn't know what the next step was gonna be for me. And I had met with some other radio stations and it wasn't really a good fit. So it was actually Kevin Smith who said to me, Look, you've got almost 20 years of goodwill built up with an audience. You don't need a radio station's permission anymore to reach those people. Just do your own thing. And I'd already had a bunch of years of experience with Hollywood Babylon, as you mentioned, doing podcasting. So I wasn't familiar with Patreon either until I started looking into services that were um, this new sort of format where people could patronize hence the name patreon um the the artists and the creators that they were fond of and they could pay them a little something every month and those creators would you know give them directly their, their content and so that's how the ralph report was born three years ago and it's been a blast and i knew early on i was going to have to uh bring on some extra people to talk to and sort of uh, add to the fun element and steve ashton was first he is a friend of mine from the UK, we get his all his stuff from England. He lives there outside of London, and he was the first guy to sign on. He contacted me when he heard the news and said, "Look, I have a history of radio as well. Uh, I've been looking for something creative to do. If you'd like to have me stop by from time to time and do some UK entertainment news or any way you can use me, I volunteer." So he was the first guy who got on board, and then I realized I needed a regular sort of co-host role to fill as well and eddie pence was a comedian that i had known from the improv which you mentioned when i was doing hollywood babylon at the comedy clubs he was a stand-up who would often hang out and in the bar and we, we would chat after shows and stuff and i got to know him as a friend and i said eddie would be a good fit i think for that role because you need somebody who's funny and smart but likable and and is willing to sit back and, and be in the second chair if you're driving the bus and um he's all those things and more I, you know i didn't know him all that well when he started and then he's just this fascinating onion of a man is that you peel back <laughs> these layers you find out more and more crazy things from him and it's just been a blast 
the past couple of years working with him because there's so much content there. And the nice part is he's never unwilling to poke a little fun at himself. Uh, you know, it, it makes for just a great dynamic between the two of you. Yes, uh, we can talk about his swollen prostate, you know, for a week because he is not shy about sharing his personal details. Right. Or will what he will and will not eat as well. Exactly. Yes. So, Ralph, if you'll hang tight, we're going to go to a commercial break real quick. But when we come back, we've got more with Ralph Garman. Going to turn back the clock a little bit to find about you know, how you got into the radio, and then obviously talk more about the Ralph Report, uh, which is your current project. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 29th. Now uh, we just aired the first portion of my wonderful conversation with Ralph Garman from The Ralph Report. Let's go ahead and close out that conversation with the rest of the interview here in this segment right now. All right, we are back with podcaster, voiceover artist, impressionist, actor. Is there a hat you don't wear, Ralph? Well, I always say I'm not really good enough at any one thing to keep a job, so I have to do a lot of things just mediocre in order to uh, pay the bills. So I, I do wear a lot of hats, yeah. I, I feel you there. I feel you. Now, uh, for anybody who's familiar with you, they know that you are a Philly boy through and through. What brought you out to L.A.? I assume it's acting, but um, could have been something different. And, uh, you know, tell us about your early days in Hollywood. You know, maybe after school specials, Playboy TV, you know, some of the things that uh, got you going to where you're at right now. Yeah, I did move from Philly to pursue a career in acting. And I was lucky enough to get my SAG card in Philadelphia when I was still there because wow. they were shooting what was then known as ABC After School Specials, and uh, they don't do those anymore, but it used to be an afternoon show for kids. They were like movies of the week, but aimed towards uh, a younger audience, and they were shooting one locally, and they were casting locally, and I just happened to get an audition through a, 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 a guy I was working with at, in a theater class, and uh, they liked what I did, and they hired me on the spot, and that got me right into the, the Screen Actors Guild. So once I had my union card, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, point my car west and head out there and see how I can do. And I got out there, auditioned for my very first audition was for a sitcom and I landed that and I was like, well, this is easy. I don't know why anybody would complain. This is the easiest career in the world. Right. And then I didn't book anything again for a year. So uh, I was working off and on as an actor. I started doing sketch and improv comedy. And that's when I met a guy named Jimmy Kimmel who was working on the Kevin and Bean show, the show I eventually became part of. He was their sports guy on air, but behind the scenes, he was also writing a ton of content for them and coming up with games for them to play on air. And he was sort of a, uh, a, a producer, more or less, for that show. And he was leaving to go do a thing called The Man Show on Comedy Central with Adam Carolla. And Jimmy said to me, you should join up you know you should do radio because these guys are going to need someone like you with your skill set that would be a good match and i had no interest in doing radio i was still trying to to be an actor and i was doing 
sketch and improv on stage at the time. And so we came to sort of an uneasy agreement. They didn't really want me because I had no radio experience. I didn't really want to do radio. So we said, we'll just, we'll, we'll do it for like, like three to six months until we can find a permanent replacement for Jimmy Kimmel. And that was 18 years later, <laughs> I, I was let go. So that, life happens to you, right? Yeah. And it's the craziest thing of, you know, where it'll take you. But, uh, you know, your trajectory aside from K-Rock, you know, obviously you've worked on uh, Kevin, some of Kevin Smith's movies. Uh, you know, you're friends with Seth MacFarlane. Uh, your voice yes. appears in one way or another on just about every episode of Family Guy. How'd yeah. you get connected up with Seth? It's funny. You know, one of the things Jimmy told me when I initially passed on the, the job a couple times, and Kimmel said to me, don't be a fool, because if you are on morning radio in Los Angeles five days a week, you have to remember the people that are listening in their cars when they're driving to work. There's a ton of people in the industry who are tuning in and it can lead to opportunities. I mean, that's kind of how he got the man show offer where right. people just liked what he was doing on the radio. So I thought about that and I said, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. And that swayed me to take the gig. And uh, I was literally doing an impression on the radio. I was doing Dustin Hoffman as Rain Man in a bit i was like yeah definitely oh, uh oh not my underwear yeah definitely eating cheese balls <laughs> and the casting director for family guy was in her car driving to work and um they were happened to be shooting an episode or recording an episode that week that involved a dustin hoffman impression no kidding so she called the radio station and she said can i speak to ralph garman please and i got on there and she said hi it's linda i'm the casting director for family guy would you be interested in coming in and reading? We've got a bit where we're doing some uh, Dustin Hoffman jokes. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll go down there. So I read and I got it and I started working with Seth and we hit it off. And that was, I don't know, 15 years ago I've been working with him and he's been so good to me. Like you mentioned Kevin Smith, but Seth has put me in almost everything he's ever done. I've been, I was in Ted. I played uh, the dad in Ted. I was in Ted 2 and A Million Ways to Die in the West and The Orville and and American Dad and you know anything Seth is working on he will give me a call and bring me in on because he's first of all that good a friend but mm -hmm. we've established a working relationship that works for both of us so it's been an enormous blessing to have uh, guys like Seth and Kevin keep me working outside of whatever else I'm doing. Here. Right. No, and it's always great having loyal fan, uh, not fans, but friends who can uh, bring you into their projects. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a, a recognizable voice or a recognizable face. And it, it just, it, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Uh, now, I want to get into the Ralph Report a little bit more because that's your day to day right now. Obviously, with the whole quarantine, you know, you're spending your day putting your show together, recording the show. Um, I think you mentioned that uh, you no longer have to edit the show. You've got somebody who does that for you. Yeah, we had a, a listener who uh, reached out. I was bitching about the fact that, you know, I was prepping all day, then recording and then doing post afterwards. And it was a long ass day. Yeah. And my podcast, unlike a lot out there, is uh, five days a week. It, it's a morning show format. So I like to deliver every morning so people get their money's worth on Patreon. And um, he reached out and said, look, I just graduated from a, a class in audio engineering and I need the experience. And if you're willing to take a, a chance on me, I'd be happy to do the, the editing and, and uh, you know, sweeten the show and, and get it ready for, for posting if you'd be interested. 
So I met with him. He's a great guy. And so he just volunteered as sort of a, an intern to uh, take care of that aspect of the show for me. And it's freed up hours of my day. It probably saved my life because I don't know if I could keep keep up with that pace for much longer. So, oh, I get luckily, it. I don't have to do that part. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, and we were talking about loyal friends. Moving on to loyal fans, you have the Garmy, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, you have some wonderful people who create some uh, amazing content for you, uh, jingles, songs, uh, videos. Um, you found a sound engineer out of it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like, you know, having this Garmy, these loyal fans who connect with you each and every week. Um, and then you do your uh, um, Saturday live, I forget exactly what you call it, but you connect with those fans and uh, yes. really make it a personal experience. That has been the, the real surprise and upside of this project for me is the community that has come out of the Ralph Report. Um, they are enormously supportive not only in terms of you know the subscription base in terms of you know paying for the show every month but more importantly uh like you said they'll volunteer and they'll deliver for me pre-produced jingles for the segments and they'll call in with ideas for the show and it is just amazing what a big part they've become of it and then on top of it they have become friends with each other you know like you said we gather together once a week on, we've been doing it since the pandemic we do a live stream virtual cocktail party on saturdays so that we can all hang out and do something live and they're all interacting with each other and when the show's over they'll go off to another zoom call and hang out as a community and they support each other and they become friends it's just been this amazing journey over the past three years to watch this thing grow into something more than just a show and an audience it's so interactive it goes both ways and then amongst themselves they've also kind of created these friendships so it's really been amazing to watch and it blows my mind i mean you've got people who reach out that you know they're having struggles in life you know many people are but some more so than others and the way that the garmy steps up and supports them and and really takes care of them it, it it's heartwarming and it's just amazing to see that sort of loyal fan base for what you know all intents and purposes is a silly show yes it's a goofy show for an hour and change every day we just try to take people's minds off their troubles that's our our primary primary goal and people do they they reach out and they say you know i'm having an awful time but i know for an hour a day i'll be able to hang with friends and smile and laugh and listen to cool music or get learn something new and that is so gratifying at the end of the day. But like you mentioned, they show up for each other and they're there for each other. And we had a couple over the, the Christmas holidays who were really struggling, you know, the Crockett's. Uh, Haley had health issues and her husband had to take care of her and they got married in the hospital because they didn't know she was going to make it. And I just said, let's give these guys a great Christmas. And it was incredible, the outpouring of love and gift cards and, and greeting cards they gave to this couple. It, it, I've often said the Garmy, if it wasn't for them, I would have lost my faith in humanity a long time ago, right. I think. Because when you look at the news, it's always doom and gloom and, and vitriol and people yeah. hating on each other and two sides fighting against each other in the, in the political climate that we're in. So when you see this many good-hearted people stepping up to do kind things for each other, it's just life-affirming in a way that I never expected to feel that's amazing and it's you know something that people can be a part of 
five days a week, six days a week on your virtual cocktail parties. And being part of it is so easy. You know, you guys say 15 cents a day, that's three bucks a month. To be part of this community that's fun, it's exciting, uh, it's interactive. Um, with our last minute, why don't you go ahead and tell people how they can become part of the Garmy, what they get with their uh, Patreon memberships, and how they can get a hold of you. Super simple. You just have to go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Ralph Report, and you can join up there. And we do have different tiers of subscriptions that you can uh, sign up for as you mentioned the the basic level which is just the audio podcast five days a week that's just three bucks a month as little as 15 cents a day as we say on the show and then each progressive tier there's a there's a, a two-star general and a three-star general and a four-star general and then you get more perks and more access and and uh, benefits as you move up some people like to get the bonus video content some right. people like to get the interaction with me. I call people at their homes and we have conversations and uh, there's swag and, and merch that we give out. Uh, the entire back catalog of Hollywood Babylon that I do with Kevin Smith is available to the four-star generals. So we try to make each each progressive level just a little bit more uh, interesting and exciting depend on how, depending on how deep people want to get involved in. That's amazing. We're going to post the links on our social media so that way people can sign up if they're interested in checking you out. Um, I strongly recommend it. It is the one other show that I listen to each day besides my own show and the stuff that I produce. <laughs> so uh, it, it's been a pleasure having you on, chatting with you, get a little background about the Ralph Report and who Ralph Garman is. Uh, I, I certainly appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure, sir. And thank you for your support. You've been, uh, you've been there for a long time listening to the show and it's always great to hear from you and uh, it's a pleasure to finally meet you even if it's virtually much appreciated Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Friday, January 29th. And you know, we've reached the end of the show. We've reached the end of the week, but not before dropping a little knowledge on you, hopefully making you laugh at the same time with this day in history. But with that being said, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes. <laughs> I guess the sound button wasn't working for you. No, no, it, it shut itself down during the Garmin interview. Ah. So uh, I and during break, I was responding to something else. So, yeah. So yeah. no, no fun ones today. No. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's all right. It's the end of the week. But folks, yes. while you are there, be sure to subscribe. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring without your support. How will we ever do the show? <laughs> well, folks, as I mentioned, we like to drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with 
Christian Phoenix. All right, we're going to power through these because uh, we went a little long with the interview, which was awesome. But, uh, you know, we, we do like to uh, drop a few of uh, the This Day in History before we check out for the day. For instance, This Day in 1845, Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Raven, is first published in New York City. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, oh, he looks rough, too. EAP, man, he looks... And that's his most famous one. He did a lot of poems, but quote the raven nevermore. Yeah, Telltale Heart was another one that I absolutely loved. Oh, yeah, uh, very good, yeah. He definitely looks like a horror icon for sure. Oh, for sure. Let's move on. This day in 1886, Carl Benz patents the Benz patent motor wagon in Karlsruhe, Germany, the world's first automobile with a burning motor. Uh, This one holds a special place in my heart uh, for those of you that uh, don't know. Before I got into broadcasting, I was in the automotive industry working for brands like Mercedes-Benz. And uh, my family's worked for Mercedes-Benz for numbers of years. And we always had that privilege of, uh, you know, Mercedes or, you know, in this case, the Benz patent motor wagon being the world's first automobile. Yeah. (laughs) Always awesome. You're the only one I've ever known to own a Benz, and they're always nice. We have one at work right now in the uh, vestibule. And... uh, it's a, it's a pretty sweet ride. I feel bad that it's sitting in there, but it's yeah, a sweet ride. It's all right. Let's move on this day in 1920. Walt Disney starts work as an artist with KC Slide Company for $40 a week. Good thing he didn't stay in that job. Oh, boy. <laughs> Time to move on, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did a few things here or there afterwards, right? Yeah, he might have He might have gone on to do a thing. I mean... He, Maybe one day if he just really follows his dreams, he could he could do a network that could show some really cool shows. And I don't know. Just keep dreaming, Walt. Yeah, you might yeah. go somewhere. <laughs> you might even have theme parks. I, I don't know. Let's move on. This day in 1964, Dr. Strangelove, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Peter Sellers and George C. Scott premieres. If you're not a big fan of older movies, this is one that I definitely recommend going back and watching. It is Fun and weird and quirky and hilarious and just a masterpiece by Stanley Kubrick. Was this the one where he wrote the infamous like a bomb, like out of the shoot? That's the like one. A cowboy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm also a big fan of Doctor Strange. <laughs> Slightly different. Uh, what's awesome <laughs> in this is Peter Sellers played, I think, three different characters. Uh, so he was doing it before, like Eddie Murphy was doing it or uh, uh, Mike Myers. Um, so good. Such a great movie. Huh. I have to, you know, I just know the infamous scene. That's that's all I remember. So <laughs> let's move on this day in 1969. Nice. Jimi Hendrix and Pete Townsend wage a battle of guitars. Man, I would have loved to have been there to see that. Oh, absolutely. How cool would that have been? I mean, just to see Jimi Hendrix alone would have been awesome. But him versus Pete Townsend, you can't beat that. Oh, no. Absolutely not. All right, let's move on. I'm trying to move up the timeline a little bit. Yeah, just you're because, doing good. Uh, you're flowing. We have it's a little flow. less time today. But, uh, oh, we were talking postage stamps yesterday. Uh, the droids of Star Wars are going to be featured in a new series. Well, this day in 1993, the U.S. Postal Service issues a stamp commemorating chemist Percy LeVon Julian, who, as I mentioned yesterday, has to have been deceased in order for those commemorative stamps to come out. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't say what he did other than the fact he was a chemist. 
Yep, and you know, and in this in this moment of history, can't think of anyone that ever owned one. Yeah, yeah. You're no, you're no Elvis Percy, okay? You're no king. <laughs> uh huh. Thank you very much. Yeah, a little less popular than the Elvis stamp set, but uh, still probably quite collectible at this point. Let's move on this day in 1996. The 23rd American Music Awards, where Garth Brooks is the big winner. Uh, you know, I've never been a country fan, but Garth Brooks was always one that sort of towed the line between country and rock. And if you've ever seen him perform live, puts on an amazing show. Oh, yeah. To this day, he still has massive sellouts whenever he goes anywhere, man. Yeah. Um... You have never seen him live, but uh, talented guy. He's one of the few that's not on uh, Spotify or Apple Music. One of the few. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yep. All right. This day in 1996, France will no longer test nuclear weapons, its President Jacques Chirac says, following international outcry over tests in the Pacific. Do you want to rock with Jacques Chirac? <laughs> Uh, Tony, a theme song for everything. You got it, buddy. Moving on this day in 2000, Carl Malone of the Utah Jazz becomes the third player in NBA history to score 30,000 career points, finishes 35 in a 96-94 to loss to Minnesota behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Wilt Chamberlain. And I love that it's about Carl Malone, but yet it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's picture in the event of interest. Right. <laughs> well, at first I was like, damn, Carl Malone aged. It's just Kareem. No, that's As Kareem. He should. Yep. Yeah, that's Kareem. Speaking of sports, this day in 2002, the San Diego Chargers, no longer the San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers, hire Marty Schottenheimer as their 13th head coach. And they would go on to do nothing. Not a damn thing. Although they would go on to draft Phillip Rivers in just two short years after that, but they'd still go on to do nothing. Sorry, <laughs> San Diego. I do love you as a city, though. And you should still have your Chargers. Just the way it goes. And then finally, on, sucks. on this day in history, this day in 2015, Malaysia officially declares the disappearance of missing flight MH370 an accident. And of course, uh, did it disappear into the Bermuda Triangle? Who knows? But, uh, you know, it's scary when a plane goes down and they don't know what happened. Yeah, they to still it. never found that, right? Nope, never did. Nope. Well, folks, nope. let's go ahead and close out the show as we do with holidays, running down some of today's holidays. <laughs> And this is where we go through and talk about the different things. Uh, on this day, including it is Curmudgeon's Day. Okay. Ooh, it's my favorite day. Earned Income Tax Credit Awareness Day. Ooh, that's a hot topic. Free Thinkers Day. National Big Wig Day. National Corn Chip Day. National Preschool Health and Fitness Day. National Fun at Work Day. National Carnation Day. CNI Dog Day. And National Puzzle Day. Well, folks, that does it for this week of episodes for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We will be back Monday with a brand new episode for you. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. We will see you guys all next week. Peace!